Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. We are two weeks away from the expected iPhone release. And so (laughs) this episode, we're going to focus on what to expect from Apple's fall iPhone event. We're excited to get into all the rumors, and I, I can't believe it's this time of year. I can't believe we're here already. I've been waiting. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> and it, like based on the rumors, we have a pretty exciting lineup that I am personally excited about. Same. Although I'm just not ready to for anything fall, including a fall event. <laughs> really? I feel like after the heat of the summer, I'm super ready for fall. Uh, no? That's where you and I differ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, first, let's talk to you about our sponsor for the episode. Yeah. So today's sponsor is Matthias. Those of you who are longtime listeners are familiar with them. Matthias makes really excellent, high-quality keyboards that work for Macs. They also have Bluetooth keyboards that will work for your iPad, your iPhone. Today I'm going to tell you about their wired keyboard. So fun fact, Apple has stopped producing wired keyboards. They just don't, I don't know if you know this, they don't produce wired keyboards anymore. Well, it's very in line with Apple's sort of going all wireless with everything thing. Yeah. Um, and I personally... Which I do not like. Yes. I. <laughs> there's a time and place for Bluetooth. But when it comes to a keyboard, I am a big fan of wired because Mm -hmm. of the reliability. I actually have a Bluetooth keyboard at one of my locations and I just had to troubleshoot it yesterday. Batteries die, et cetera, et cetera. So they have a really excellent high quality wired keyboard. It works with USB-C, it works with USB-A. Uh, and you can use it for your Macs. And I also want to tell you guys about, uh, and this will go really well with your learning for this week, I think. I want to tell you guys about my setup at the office, and I think, Donna, you have the same setup, which is it doesn't just, you don't just need a keyboard potentially for Mac minis or for iMacs, but also I have this setup at the office, as do a lot of us, where I have a monitor. I have really, I love my LG display. And then I have my laptop and I plug it in and it's one plug with a USB-C. And then when I plug it in with my USB-C, I suddenly have dual monitor because I have my LG monitor. I have my MacBook Pro monitor and I have my Matthias wired keyboard, which is plugged into my display. And I have my magic mouse, which is plugged into my display. So suddenly, I use my laptop as a really excellent desktop computer option. So that's a really good use case for this. And if you can, you can plug your wired Matthias keyboard into your monitor and it'll just automatically connect via your USB-C along with your mouse. Yes, um, I agree with you that the wired keyboard is the way to go. Wireless, I, I feel like it's a strange move that Apple made, but Matthias has a great solution for that. So that's great. Apple's loss is Matthias's gain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I next wanted to tell you about our daily tip newsletter. We send out a free tip every day in your inbox that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in under a minute or a minute or under. <laughs> and if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, that's where you can sign up. And on Sundays, you get a roundup of the week's best tips in your inbox if you want to just have a little session each week where you learn cool new things to do with your iPhone. We also teach you how to use uh, your Mac, Apple Watch, and iPad as well. So along the way, you'll learn about all of your Apple devices, but it's primarily focused on the iPhone. iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips is where you can sign up and join over 200,000 people who are learning to use their iPhones with this daily tip. 
And I wanted to share a tip with you this week on um, an Apple Watch related tip that uh, came up yesterday because I, I'm someone who I go in jags of wearing my Apple Watch and not wearing it. And yesterday I put it on again and was talking to David about the benefits of that. And he was saying how one of the one of your big reasons of wearing it is that it unlocks your iPhone and your Mac. And so you're saving just that little moment of needing to um, you know, type in your passcode or use Touch ID or Face ID to get into your Mac and iPhone. And it's one of those things, you do it so many times a day mm-hmm. that it, do, it, it's, um, it just is like a little barrier. It's not a huge deal, but it'd be nicer if you don't have that. And with your Apple Watch, you don't have to. You can just sit down at your computer. It unlocks automatically. Same with your iPhone now. Well, and it's particularly nice um, as if you're wearing masks. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of places around the U.S. and around the world, we're going to go back to masks for a while. And it is so annoying that your phone will not recognize your face if you have a mask on. And one of the workarounds, if you have an Apple Watch, is you can enable it so that if you're wearing your Apple Watch, it'll automatically unlock your phone whenever you're using it. And it's so nice just to, like Donna saying, I don't have to unlock any of my Apple devices anymore. I just, as long as I have my Apple Watch on, all of them will automatically unlock for me. It's a really nice example of Apple synergy. Yeah, and so the tip I chose today is for l- unlocking your Mac. But for the iPhone, you do need to have iOS 14.5 or later in mm-hmm. order for this to work. So on your Mac, I just wanted to walk you through how to do this. Um, all you need to do is go into your system preferences on your Mac. So you, it's the little Apple menu in the upper left corner choose system preferences. From there, you're going to choose displays and wait, hold on one second. Let me back up system preferences, security and privacy. And then you'll go to general. And then there's a little checkbox next to an option that says use your Apple watch to unlock lock apps and your Mac. So you'll want to check that. Um, and then while in order to get that going, you're going to have to enter your passcode for your Mac and your computer, no, your computer does not restart. So that's it. So you'll just have to enter your passcode, choose unlock, and then from then on, it should work. Um, have you found it to work pretty seamlessly? Yeah, I have. I, <laughs> I think this is the second time we've talked about this tip. And the mm. first time, I didn't know about it, or I'd forgotten about it more accurately. And it's one of those tips where you don't really stumble across it. It's buried pretty deep in settings. Mm -hmm. And so I went and turned it on. And I think I even in the podcast said, oh, in the past, it didn't work well for me. And ever since I went and turned it on, it's worked seamlessly for me. How about you? It works well. I mean, again, it was just yesterday that I um, started wearing my watch again. (laughs) I'd been in like a bit of a habit of not wearing it. And right now I have the beta on my Mac and not on my Apple Watch. Um, And so there's Uh, like some disconnect happening. But in the past, it's worked well for me. Uh, So right now is not the best example. That's why I asked you to make sure it's still working (laughs) well for you. It's still working for me. I have have the beta on my phone, obviously, but I'm avoiding the beta on my computer because I'm scared. Yeah, I like, I know Sarah put the beta on her Apple Watch. Um, I have not yet. Okay. And it's so right now, even when I open the watch app on my iPhone, it's telling me I need to do some sort of update on my watch in order for it to sync properly. Now we're so close to the public release that I'm just going to wait. Yeah, um, that's but fair. Yeah. Anyways, iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips to get more great tips like that. 
I also wanted to take a moment to tell you about our premium educational service called iPhone Life Insider. We have a ton of cool features that really help you master your Apple devices. If you're an Apple enthusiast and you want to make sure that you're not missing out on tons of, on all of the amazing features of your Apple devices, this is the subscription for you. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you'll get an extra 10% off your subscription. If you at checkout, make sure to choose the option um, for the senior discount if you're 60 or over. Also, if you're a veteran, veteran or service personnel, you can get that extra 10% too. So for a total of 20% off maximum, go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the content that is coming out on Insider soon. We have an iOS 15 live Zoom course that will be coming out as soon as the operating system is available for iOS 15. Later in the fall, we'll also be... Um, having an iPad OS 15 guide that you can learn about iPad OS 15 too. We have an iOS 15 guide coming out on the September 15th, which is when we're expecting the new public release to go live. Um, and uh, we have just a ton of great content. We have our buyer's guide coming out shortly for the year. That's um, our iPhone Life Magazine annual buyer's guide. You get a digital subscription to the magazine when you subscribe to Insider. You get our full library of over 25 in-depth guides that have on-demand videos and then also, also printable PDFs that go along with it. Uh, you get live courses and monthly live workshops plus pre-recorded courses that you can work through at your own pace. And we have Ask an Expert. So if you're having any tech problems, you can contact us through your Insider subscription and we'll guaranteed give you answers and help you find a solution to whatever tech problem you're having. So it's just an amazing resource to have. We're a pretty like small, tight-knit group too. And when you become an Insider, you have uh, you really have like a personal connection to our company and are helping support the work that we're doing as well. So iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Don't miss out. This is the best time of year to subscribe. I was just going to say, not just the best time of year, the best time ever. We've added so many new guides this year. I, I can't even count. I think we've added at least six or seven new guides. We've got three or four more coming. Live classes. It's really, there's never been a better time to subscribe. And now it's essential because I was 15 is just weeks away. Yes. Oh, and finally, you get an ad-free version of this podcast. Yes. So you don't have to listen to us doing this <laughs> pitch anymore. Um, and you get special bonus content. David and I stick around after the end of the podcast and record some extra content just for our insiders. All right, so I wanted to share one of our insider questions that came in recently, and this is really a classic, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to share it with you. Here is the question. My last name is Shell. Texts are constantly correcting to she apostrophe LL. <sighs> I don't know how to eliminate that. <laughs> so here's our response. This is definitely an annoying issue. My iPhone used to correct my sister's name, Jess, to he's every time I typed it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So this is Leanne, one of our staff writers, wrote back to this. To fix this, open the settings app, tap general. This is on your iPhone. Tap keyboard and then tap text replacement. And tap the plus symbol and then you'll type the word you want in the phrase field, but leave the shortcut field blank. Autocorrect will no longer offer incorrect iPhone spelling suggestions. 
Well, and in this case, you know, if you're doing a name, you can even go one step further and type the name but capitalize, so then you don't have to capitalize it when you're doing it. Oh, yeah, that's nice, too. Yeah, have you, do you have many words set up in, your, you know, it's, in this? It's funny. No, I have very few, but I actually added one the other day. It was going to be a complaint for my iOS 15 section that have you had this problem with iOS 15 where it's like been worse about autocorrecting? Like no. there's just been a few words that just re regularly get wrong. One of them mm. is the word love, mm. which, you know, when you're texting, you, I tell my wife I love her all the time. And for some reason, it just always ends up L-O-C-E. That's so weird. <laughs> and it happens so many times. And I think what happens is if it happens enough and you don't bother correcting it or you don't realize and you don't catch it, app Apple's like AI thinks that that's actually a word you want to be using. Oh. So then I did this exact thing where... I went into my shortcuts. I had, you know, every time I type L-O-C-E, which is not a word, I never want to actually send that. <laughs> I just changed it to love. And it's just, it worked really well. Now it just, I spell love correctly every time. So <laughs> that was my one use case for this. Interesting. Yeah. So like this setting in general is intended for things like if you want to type a shortcut uh, to a phrase like OMW will change to yeah. on my way. And I think that's one that Apple has in there by default. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to do that. So you can, if this is a good feature to know about if you want to use it in that way, but it's also amazing for these sort of autocorrect fails and in general words that you also might just blunder when you're typing a lot and you're, you know that you always type L-O-C-E <laughs> when you mean L-O-B-E. <laughs> that's yeah. a great example of why. So, um, I want to use this. A couple other thoughts on it. I, one, first of all, one other use case is emojis, where I have it set up now where if I do like a colon and a parentheses, which is a smiley face, it'll automatically turn it into the smiley face emoji for me. And so that's a fun use case too, where then you don't have to bother with emoji keyboard. It'll just automatically turn it into it. Um, the ones where you're really out of luck, though, are the c complaint that I've had for the last year or so. It seems like it's been just last year, but it'll always correct the, like, well into wheel, like W-E-L-L, -L, but it does it when it's not the right time to do that. It'll, like, auto-correct me when I did it correctly, and it drives me crazy, but there's nothing that you can do about it because sometimes I do want it to be the other spelling. <laughs> so it's hard to, like, have yeah. it force one way of doing it. So some of those apostrophe issues that it auto-corrects are hard to get around, but other ones where if it's your last name and you, you know that you need it spelled correctly, then you can do it. But the problem, like, for our dear listener shell would be if you ever do want to do shield like s a s h e possibly l l you're gonna have a hard time it's gonna be tricky if you're auto correcting it so i have found though i will say that uh, i've been pleased with apple's sort of ai and that when i type out a sentence a lot of times it'll at first guess it wrong but by the end of what i'm typing it'll fix it it is a good tip to keep going because keep going yeah, yeah. I, that is like a, we should have that as a daily tip actually because <laughs> a lot of times by the end of the sentence it's like oh okay this is what you're trying to say yeah but not always not always. actually often it doesn't do that for me and then i'm like how ai are you capable of reading this sentence and guessing and yet you're guessing this wrong yeah <laughs> it's really frustrating it should <laughs> be better <laughs> our daily tip can be to make sure to proof your text messages before they set you send them and also make sure that you're sending it to the right person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had like, this has never happened to me in the past. I have friends who have horror stories of sending messages to the wrong people. Uh, but 
last week it happened to me just like something I sent to my sister instead of a friend and it was nothing bad, but it still was disconcerting where I was like, oh, I should be careful because it's easy to text in a rush. And I have horror stories. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> a lot of times what people will do is they'll send a message. If they're mad at someone, they'll by accident send it to them when they're typing yeah. something about them because they're just thinking of them. That's happened. That happened to a Not friend to of mine. Not to me, but that that's happened. happened to a friend of mine recently. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, lots of daily tip ideas, but <laughs> I, I think this is a good tip in general. Um, I wanted to read out a comment from a listener on our last episode. We talked about Apple's latest child uh, protection measures that they're doing and the potential to scan photos on your phone uh, to report anything that might have like child sexual abuse uh, related content. And so we had a comment from a listener that I thought was worth reading out um, just because when we say the Apple scanning your photos, like what does that really mean? And so I wanted to talk a little more about that. Yeah, I thought this was great. Wayne wrote in, hi, I wanted to point out you didn't properly convey or explain what Apple is looking at when scanning users' phones for the above material. Apple is obtaining known bad material hashes from a global exploitation protection database and scanning your phone for the picture hashes associated with this material. So if someone has a bad picture on their phone and it ha and its hash matches the database they're reported, they're not looking at all your photos and determining them to be bad material and reporting you. So you're incorrect to state Apple is scanning <laughs> your, geez, uh, is scanning our photos for evil pictures. They can't. They're simply looking at your photo hashes and checking them against a known database of exploitation pictures for hash code matches. Important to point out this is very different and less invasive than what you explained in the recent episode. Needs clarifying. Cheers, Wayne. Wayne, thank you for writing in. Um, I do think that this is important to talk about. Still, like I will maintain from our last episode that even even with the specific searches that are will be taking place on your with your photos, it's um crossing a threshold that Apple hasn't previously, and so it is setting a new precedent. I would like stand by that, but I do think it's important. That's an important clarification that it's not that Apple is just going to have unlimited access to your photos to be, you know, people working at Apple looking at your photos and being yeah. like, oh, cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's a good clarification. It does make it slightly less creepy, but I also agree with you that our concerns were less about protecting against child pornography, which we're 100% in favor of. Yes. Our concerns are now Apple has built the technology to scan your photos. And yes, right now, Apple is claiming to only do it by hashes based on known database. But now we're basically trusting Apple's policy as opposed to before trusting that Apple didn't have the capability because everything was encrypted. So that's the difference. And then how do we know when Apple changes their policy? Because a lot of times these things happen, especially with governmental agencies, where they Apple isn't even legally allowed to tell us. Uh, so I think it's a great clarification. It makes it a little less creepy for now, but still feels like a privacy violation to me. Yeah, but it is it, like knowing that Apple isn't just like it is just a, a software basically being scanned. It sounds like for the, these specific types of images, it, it does give some peace of mind. Like maybe we made it sound more like, I don't know. I don't know what we made it sound like. But I think he's right that we made it sound more invasive than it probably is at, for the time being. For the time being. Yes. yes. All right. So we are ready to talk about the rumors for these 
new Apple devices that we're expecting any day. I first just wanted to talk about dates because Mm -hmm. we have not gotten an official announcement date from Apple yet, but based on previous years, we can make some pretty good guesses. Um, We're guessing September 14th, that's a Tuesday, will be the the big iPhone event. But we can't say for sure that that's going to be the case. <laughs> it could be sooner. There are, in our event roundup written by Olena, one of our staff writers, she said that there is a potential for it to be the week before that. But I still would be pretty surprised if that was true, that if it was like the Tuesday after Labor Day, yeah. that seems still somewhat unlikely. So based off previous years, it would be on Tuesday the 14th. And then last year, Apple actually had the public launch of the new iOS the day after, whereas years before that had been like a whole week before you would get the rollout on Mm -hmm. your phone. So if it's like last year, we could have iOS 15 on our devices by September 15th. Yeah. And I think uh, if you're listening to this, that means we would be less than a week away from the fifth, uh, which I think makes it very unlikely that Apple typically announces a week ahead of time. So I think I would bet quite a bit of money. It's always it's always on a Tuesday, right? It has been. I mean, I don't. I can't say always. Yeah, without Apple looking. sometimes breaks their own rules. Which yeah. then And I remember one year the Tuesday was on September 11th, and we weren't sure what they would do. So maybe not always, but it's Usually. almost always on a Tuesday. So I think pretty good money is on the 14th. Yeah. Yes, and um, if you're listening to this, because this will be, you know this podcast people might be listening to for the next two weeks go and check online maybe apple has announced by the time you listen because uh we're expecting probably by like this thursday we think apple will give us a date maybe yeah (laughs) or maybe next week and we'll keep you updated so you can just go to iphonelife.com and we will let you know yes for sure all right so let's talk about the new iphone um, we're not sure whether apple will call it the iphone 13 iphone 12s um the best guesses that I was seeing online is that it would be the iPhone 13 because um, usually in Apple's upgrade cycles, they'll do an S version when it's more of an incremental update after, um, after like one of their numbered releases, like, you know, the iPhone seven and then the iPhone seven S. But um, Apple has kind of broken with that tradition in recent yeah. years. Ever since the iPhone 10, Apple had its 10th anniversary iPhone, and things have just gotten kind of weird since then. Like there was no <laughs> iPhone 9 even. Well, they I skipped mean, from the iPhone Apple 8 to really iPhone 10, and up. now yeah. all bets are off. They really messed it up with the iPhone 10 because not only did they skip a generation, like we never got an iPhone 9, right? No. Uh, and then they just moved right on to the 11. Uh, but also they did the X. So everybody always, for they did the Roman numeral for 10. So everyone always tells me they have an iPhone X and I have to bite my tongue and not correct them because I sound like, like a jerk <laughs> if I'm correcting them all the time. Yeah. But Apple really, uh, similarly, if Apple t- attempts to skip 13 because it's unlucky number, I'm going to really roll my eyes. Yeah. So... Maybe it'll be iPhone 13. Um, that was the that was our best guess. That's what Olin guessed when she wrote our rumor <laughs> roundup. Um, and in terms of features, it does seem like there's there's uh, some substantial upgrades. Even though the body style of the iPhone isn't expected to change, which actually would support it potentially being the iPhone 12s, because a lot of times when Apple changes the body style of the phone, they it's not the S version. Yeah. And when they're just upgrading the processor and maybe making some camera improvements it'll be an s version so 12s is possible 
Um, they are, we are expected to get better cameras and a faster processor. Uh, in terms of the camera, that there would be a video version of portrait mode called cinematic video. Ooh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, David and I are both fans of the portrait mode, which, of course, is the feature that blurs out the background and keeps uh, a shallower depth of field on photos to create that more artistic look. I'd be curious, though, because I... <sighs> I struggle with portrait mode in terms of like, I have to like get it just the right distance for it to kick in. And for video, if it's kicking in and out of portrait mode, it really wouldn't work well. I wonder how they'll do that. That's true. I mean, they now have it in FaceTime with yeah, iOS true. 15 beta, so they figured it out for that. But usually FaceTime, it's a pretty static subject. Mm -hmm. um, and so it makes sense. Whereas if you're... Yeah, there are a lot of cases you might be trying to use that with video where it wouldn't work well if you have your subject moving around a lot. Yeah, if the subject gets closer and farther away. But. Yeah. So, I don't know. That would be that's an interesting one and in that there would be a more advanced filter system driven by AI to create different styles for your photos. Um, uh, LiDAR sensors. And this was an interesting one and always on display like the Apple Watch has. Yeah, I actually have a feeling that one will be true. That I'm excited about too. Like I feel like having your phone out and just being able to like see the time and your lock screen notifications, the way that on your Apple Watch it's like kind of a dim version, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have the always yeah. on display, yeah, I don't do you? Yeah, I have always on. Um, and do you, what do you, based on your Apple Watch experience, do, do you think that's going to be... Um, like significantly better? So I love it for my Apple Watch because a lot of times for my Apple Watch, I just want to check the time. And if my watch is at a kind of a weird angle, like how it works is when you turn your watch to look at, look at it, it kicks in and like the display comes into full gear. But when you have it kind of at any random angle, I can still see the time and a few other bits of data. Whereas before, my screen would be completely black unless I looked at it and so I'd have to look at my wrist wait for it to kick in and then it'll come on so I love it for my Apple watch because a lot of times I'll have my wrist down and I'll just glance at the time without having to fully like do a full dramatic motion so Apple knows I want to know the time uh I'm skeptical that I will carry my phone on my phone though as I don't well I guess my phone isn't in the shot but I have my phone face down all the time so that I'm not distracted by it. <laughs> uh, I sort of do it too as like an etiquette thing. Yeah. Like I think when you're at a coffee date or on a date date, like having your phone away is probably even better form, but at least having it face down is like kind of to me the minimum bar to not be a jerk. Yeah, no, exactly. And if you have it up and you have it on all the time and it's your note because in the notifications can come in, it's like I feel like I'll be distracted, I'll look at it more. So I don't know that I want I will use the always on display personally. I could see the benefit though for the same reason that like if I don't have an Apple Watch on, I can leave it like this and still check the time which is nice. Um, but no, I think my personal preference will be that I won't care. Also, I could see it. You could use it as an alarm clock at night. Like you could just put it there. And if it's always on, you could have a nice time display. Yeah, that would be nice. Cause Especially because the way it looks like kind of dimmed on your Apple watch, that would be a nice, um, like unobtrusive type of clock. Like I really hate really bright electric yeah, clocks. Yeah. Digital electric clocks. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're saying. Um, digital clocks in a bedroom that will like create a big light source yeah so I yeah i just was looking up quickly more about this lidar scanner because i was like wait a second the iphone 12 pro already has a lidar scanner I which is true but so the rumor is that the lidar scanner would come to 
all of the iPhone 13 devices, whereas right now it's exclusive to the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. And the LiDAR scanner, for those of you who don't know, it has um, it uses 3D sensing technology to measure distances between objects, and that's really good for augmented reality features. It's also good for the camera. Yeah, which would be potentially answer the question of how is it going to work for the cinematic video. Video, yeah. Um, a few other rumors that I've been reading about that are maybe a little bit more speculative, because I think everything you just said, like you can pretty much write it down. Apple always has better cameras and faster processors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and improving LiDAR makes sense. They introduced it last time, bring it to the whole line. All of that is almost a given. Um, a couple things that are definitely not a given, but some rumors that could be cool uh, are, uh, I've read rumors that they're going to make the notch smaller. Oh, yeah, yeah, I read that too. Which I think would be interesting. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's funny when the notch came out, everyone freaked out about how annoying it was going to be. And I don't hear anyone ever complaining about it anymore, do you? I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me, but I would enjoy a little extra screen real estate if they made it smaller or, you know, potentially down the road got rid of it. Um, the another one that I've read about, which I would bet money probably isn't going to happen, but uh, built-in Touch ID, so it's built underneath the display, so you don't have to have a home button, but Touch ID still works, which would be cool. Yeah, the um, that I read most recently is most likely going to be next year okay. now. Like the what do they call it? The like in display Touch yeah. ID, which does seem cool. I right now have the second generation iPhone SE, so I have Touch ID, and I do like. There's certain <laughs> things about Touch ID that I like better about Face ID. Okay. I mean, some of it is just ha having a phone during the pandemic uh, and not having to deal with the mask issue, even though. Like we said, if you have your Apple you watch, watch on, you're fine. <laughs> um, but I, I do not like that it really cuts into the screen real estate on yeah. the device. And so uh, if it, there was a way to do an in-display Touch ID and still have the edge-to-edge -edge display, that would be amazing. And I'm a little sad that it sounds like that might be till next year till we get that. I had a feeling because it seems it's like... a pretty big change. It, it's a big change. Uh, the other rumor that I've just been reading about, just I just came out a day or two ago. Again, I will be very surprised if it happens, but that Apple, the new iPhone will have satellite technology. Um, and I don't even fully understand what that means other than I think that uh, you'll be able to connect to cellular via satellite. So if you're not in range of a tower, it could still work. Hmm. Um, Apple, historically, that will come at some point. Like Elon Musk is building out this whole Starlink thing to use internet via satellite. So down the road, it'll probably be a thing. But Apple historically has been really slow in implementing new communication technology. They wait till it's very stable. If you think back in terms of like 3G, 4G, 5G, Android beat iPhone every step of the way on that. And it was deliberate by Apple. Apple waited until the technology was there to support it. So I'll be really surprised. I did read that maybe they would implement it just for emergencies. Like if you need to call 911 and you don't have cell service, like that would be pretty cool to have a satellite connection there. I would bet money it's not going to happen, but it's a rumor, so I'm reporting yeah, it to you. It's kind of a cool rumor. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Apple Watch 7. Yeah. The Apple Watch may finally get a redesign. I, yeah, I'm reading major redesign. I know, which I just have to, on a personal note, say that I really wish that Apple would come out with a circular Apple Watch, which is, looks like it's still <laughs> not going to happen. Ever since the first Apple Watch came out, I wished for that, because I, to me, that's more of like a classic wristwatch look, Yeah, and but I, I didn't love that it's rectangular. I agreed with you back when they first came out with it, but it's been so long that Apple's, I think, just changed it. Like, now it doesn't look weird to me anymore. 
Yeah, and the new redesign does look really nice. Um, you know how like the iPad Pros now have, and the newest iPad Air have the flat edge. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming to the Apple Watch apparently, as opposed to sort of rounded bevels, which I think looks really sleek and cool. I agree. When I saw it, it looked nice, and it makes sense on your wrist. Like you don't need mm-hmm. it to be rounded on your wrist, and it kind of flattens the whole top of your watch, the look of it, because right now it's like rounded up. And I still, even the, the newer generations are a lot, um, they like pop up from your wrist a lot less. And so already that's less of an issue, but even more so like where it's, mm-hmm. it's cause like for people with small wrists, the Apple watch can have a tendency to look clunky. And, um, and so I think the with this new design, it'll be even kind of sleeker and better looking. Um, So other features that were talked about that are cool, like Apple over the years seems to be adding more and more health features that are, that are pretty game changing. Speaking of which I'll come back to in a minute, talking about our Apple watch Q and a, but blood glucose is a measurement that is rumored to be coming to the Apple watch seven. I don't know how reliable that rumor is like how likely it actually is to come, Mm -hmm. but that would be like, you know, a really big deal for a lot of people who are dealing with diabetes or some other health condition where that's a concern. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have diabetes and you have to wear a monitor and you can replace that just by wearing an Apple Watch, that'd be huge. Yeah. So we recently came out with an Apple Watch guide. I'll just quickly tell this story. Um, And for our premium subscribers to Insider, we have uh, like live workshops for each of our guides where we talk about the the subject and answer questions. And for our Apple Watch Q&A, we had probably like seven or eight of the uh, few hundred people on the call who in the comments let us know that their Apple Watch uh, notified them of uh, either a heart arrhythmia or a slow heartbeat or a fast heartbeat and that they were able to go to the doctor and uh, and get whatever it was they were dealing with treated. Like a couple of them were like, now I have a pacemaker. Wow. Or some of them were like, oh, I realized I was taking a supplement that was giving me heart arrhythmia. Yeah. And it was just like a pretty powerful uh, example of how important the Apple Watch can be for people's health and, and how worthwhile it is if you are uh, an Apple enthusiast to get one of the later models that have more of these features. Because the original Apple Watch just measures your heart rate. Mm-hmm. And over time, they've added more things like being able to track heart arrhythmia. And um, what are some of the other things now? Help me out, David. Uh, it's like AFib or something. Yeah, and then but there's a few other health metrics that they've added. Oh, over they have time. a blood oxygen level. The now, blood oxygen, which yeah. if you are someone who's had COVID is a real or has COVID <laughs> is a really important thing to measure. So it's really yeah, are cool. worried about getting COVID, <laughs> which we <laughs> yeah. all are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, because it's one of the one of the things you do if you have COVID. I, I had COVID a while ago. Uh, is you want to make sure that you have a, a healthy enough blood oxygen levels. So. Uh, having it built on your wrist is really nice. And it's for, if you're a long, if you're a long hauler, then it's something you might be concerned about over the course of months. And so you don't want to just wear a <laughs> blood oxygen meter all the time. So it's a cool, it's a cool addition. Uh, I guess some rumors saying that there may be an Apple watch pro, not totally clear on what that would include, but that's interesting. Cause last year we got the Apple watch SE, a more budget version mm-hmm. of the Apple watch. Um, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But I'd say it's very likely that we're going to get a new Apple watch. Yes. Like the, that in general. seems pretty and reliable. And the redesign seems pretty reliable as I well. Agree. The blood glu- glucose, not so much just because as David said, um, 
Apple waits a while to make sure they can really do these things well before they release them. So a lot of times it ends up being like pushed back years, even though we get rumors early on that, that they'll have these things. I mean, the same was true of Face ID and Touch ID. Like Apple really waited until they could do it well, yeah. even though a lot of Android devices had fingerprint sensing technology before like years before apple came out with it and they really do nail it like yes other technologies existed before touch id but touch id was so much better than any of the things android had mm -hmm. so there's a reason they wait they get it right uh so we want to talk about the ipad and then about max which at iphone life we're all personally the most excited about and hanging on whether or not Apple is going to have a new MacBook Pro because that will <laughs> make our lives all a lot easier. But let's talk about the iPad first. Um, so Apple last year already, was it last year? No, it's, maybe it was two years ago, redesigned with the flat edged iPads. Yeah, it was. Pros, I, think, right? I mean, I think it came out in the spring. So it was a year and a half ago, but then they came out with a new model, just this current spring, which was a really excellent addition. Okay, so for the new iPads, they're planning on, on having Touch ID in that top button, which the iPad Air has, but like the newer, the ah, now after that, that cool. would be, uh, seems to be a permanent design change that Apple's doing because that allows them to not have a home button and have an edge to edge display. And really, like, I, I still think it's debatable whether Face ID or Touch ID is better. Uh, and so having, if you can manage to have Touch ID and not have it mess with the display, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, definitely Touch ID has its perks, but Face ID has the advantage of removing the home button, so you have a huge display, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, not seeing a lot more of, like, super exciting iPad rumors. It's supposed to be thinner than before, 4 gigabytes of RAM. I mean, traditionally, Apple releases their most exciting iPads in the spring. So when they do iPad updates in the fall, it's usually a refresh to their more budget-friendly lines, which is why it's probably less exciting. It's probably just adding a few extra features to their least exciting iPads. <laughs> Ooh, we might be getting a new iPad mini. Oh. which we have like a support. We have a cohort of iPhone life readers People who love the iPad love mini. The mini and every year we go through this rumor mill. So yeah. So we'll see if we get that on um, flat edge, square design coming in pastel colors. Olena is hoping for the purple option. <laughs> Apple recently <laughs> came out with a purple iPhone. Yeah. She's also hoping for purple iPhones with the new iPhone 13 line, but I don't, those are just hoping they're not like reliable rumors. You heard um, it here first. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. All right, David, why don't you tell us about, about the, Max. the MacBook yeah, Pro? So the, I, as Donna said, we're all very excited about the Mac because, mm. um, the M Apple started using their own chip, the M one chip, which has gotten really excellent reviews. You have an M one chip and you, you have the, I, I, yeah, the I'm Mac very happy with it. Air, right. Mm -hmm. So people have been really happy with it, but Apple only released the 13-inch MacBook Pro. They have not released a 15-inch MacBook Pro with the new chip. And so for me, I 13 inches is just too small. I need a 15-inch or 16-inch MacBook Pro, and I don't want to buy an Intel-powered MacBook Pro right now because it's instantly going to be obsolete. So I'm just waiting, as are a lot of people, for Apple to introduce a new computer with their new processors that is kind of the pro line. And the rumors, which is part of why I'm waiting and not just caving to buy the M1 chip, is that they'll come up with come out with what they're calling the M1X chip, which will be the next generation. It should be even faster and better. And hopefully, because 
one of the things that Apple's doing that's a little bit weird with the M1s is that uh, I think they maxes out at 16 gigabytes of RAM. And so if you're doing a lot of he heavy lifting on your computer, you really probably want 32 gigabytes. So hopefully it'll have 32 gigabytes of RAM. The rumors are that that'll be coming this fall. I think it'll be a subsequent announcement. So I don't think it'll be in September. It'll probably be in October or maybe even November, but we'll see. Uh, and then in addition to the new chip, which is really the most exciting thing, the M1X chip, uh, it'll be, like I said, it'll be probably a 15 or maybe a 16-inch MacBook Pro uh, with, you know, higher gigabytes of RAM potentially. And I'm reading rumors that could be really cool that it'll be micro-LED. So the new iPad is micro-LED, but yet the computers are not yet. So it would make sense that they would bring that technology to their Pro line of computers, which is just a much nicer display, gives you a wider range of colors, wider range of brightness and contrast. So uh, those are the main rumors that I'm reading, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited about the iPhone 13 as well, though. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of sizes, like you said, 16 inch and they're saying 14 inch option as well. Okay. Um, M1X chip. That's interesting because we were wondering, like, will it be the M2 chip? Will it be the M1X chip? But the rumors, like you said, are that it'll be the M1X chip and an M2 chip next year. Yeah. But still, um, we're excited about the M1X chip. I, it is a bit of an interesting, like the M1 chip has a lot of cool benefits. Like it allows your MacBook to run a lot longer has a way better battery life drastically so and also runs really quietly like it doesn't heat up much mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways it's um i mean it's just not necessarily a super powerful chip for uh really like heavy lifting and right now it's like the same chip is in the uh, new iPads. Yeah. And so like at least uh, for our video editors, they're like, we need something more than the M1 chip. And we like use the biggest thing is need more RAM. It's, it's a weird decision that Apple made and it seems to be working okay, but they have the same chip in the iPad that they have in the iMac. And if you're using an iMac, oftentimes you're using that instead of a more budget friendly computer because you're wanting to do more powerful tasks. Right. The M1 is holding up, but a more powerful processor would be really nice. Yeah. So we'll stay tuned for all of that. It, again, iPhoneLife.com, if you just visit that over the next couple of weeks, our site, we're going to be having updating our rumor posts daily to make sure that we have all the uh, latest up-to-date information. And you can also keep, stay tuned for our live coverage of the event because yeah. we always have all of our editorial staff writing about as the announcement unfolds. And then David and I do a follow-up podcast right after the event, telling you everything that was announced and helping you uh, make sense of the announcement and what devices you might be interested in buying. So. Yeah, make sure you're on our newsletters. I know we plugged it a couple times, but it's free. And we do a r final rumor roundup right before the event with all the latest rumors. We do a, an, um, an event roundup right after the event with articles of every feature announced. And Don and I do a recap podcast. So stay tuned and we will have a lot of coverage for you guys in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um. All right, let's see. Do we have anything else to cover in this episode? We do. So we've been doing an, an installment in our podcast where we talk about our experiences with the software betas mm -hmm. that Apple's running right now. David, you had some iOS 15 thoughts, didn't you? I do. I have a couple. As usual, I have good and bad. Okay. Uh, the good is that a couple weeks ago, Apple released a new version of the beta. 
and it has been kind of cleaning up some of the bugs that I'd been experiencing. Mm. In particular, I feel like I've had better batter- battery life since it came out, which I've been very happy about. Really? Yeah. Mine hasn't been been worse, but I haven't noticed being better. Okay. I'd been struggling with battery life. Hmm. I hadn't been making through the day, which was really rough. That's kind of weird. Yeah. And I have a pretty new new phone. phone, Yeah. I know. So that's an improvement. I don't. I have the 11. Okay. Um, So 11 Pro. So it's, it's, it's nearing the end of its life, but it should still be strong enough battery, um, which is why I'm so excited for the 13s. Uh, So that's one thing. Here's, do you want the good or the bad first? The good. The good? Yeah, the good. Okay. This is predictable. You told everyone I would love this feature, and I do. The video montages are so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done them yet? No. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, I've kind of peaked at them, but so haven't gotten super into Apple, it. Apple, okay. Here's, here's the feature. Basically, Apple has this cool thing where, and they've done it for years, where it'll do, like, it'll take your photos from a given album or a given memory and it'll put it together in a cool little like video format. Well, they like did an overhaul of that feature for iOS 15 and it's so much sleeker. They look so nice. Um, it has better music options. They have all these like, it's just like flying in and out and videos. And I really love it because for a lot of times I'm very, very rarely will I go through and be like, let me look through my 2017 vacation to Colorado. And I'm just going to look through my hundreds of photos. But if I'm in the photos app and I see that little card pop up, I'll tap on it and I'll watch the 30 second video of my favorite memories from that trip. Mm, yeah. uh, and the part of why I keep watching it, not only clearly am I just cheesy and I watch this stuff, <laughs> uh, but with the new, um, with the new smart widget, it prompts you to pretty frequently. It'll be like, do you want to watch Chicago over the years or something? And I have the smart widget on my home screen. So to back up, Apple introduced widgets last year. Uh, and one of the things they came out with is what they call the smart stack, which is Apple. It's a widget you add to your phone that Apple uses AI to decide what to display to you and when. And it adds a bunch of things like it'll have a map if they think you're about to get in the car and drive somewhere. It'll have like your calendar, your notes, and it'll also just display photos. And Apple updated that feature for iOS 15. And now the smart stack is even smarter and it works a lot better for me. And one of the things they added was instead of just displaying photos, it'll have a photo, but then it'll have a little like cue that it's going to show you a video montage of a recent memory. They call them memories, which is Apple's using AI to like collect different, you know, store your photos in different ways. And I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> that's that's so, the takeaway. <laughs> especially the, the way you like crossed your hands and then looked at me and I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, I don't know. I've run out of things to say about it. I know that you're sitting here laughing at me, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. We're happy for you, David. Thanks. You know what? Do yourself a favor and go watch it and then okay. report back and you're going to hate yourself how much you like it. See, well, I did look at one and I feel like it was just a bunch of like, like funny selfies I took on a trip and I was like this is like a really awkward video memory let me show because they do a good job the other thing they're doing with these memories not only are they cool new photos but also it'll do like um here this dinner in Fairfield and it'll pull together times I've eaten dinner in Fairfield's where I live (laughs) over the years and it's just these random collection of like or like I had one of like at the beach and it was like all the times I'd been to the beach yeah that's cool it does seem like it'd be a fun way to you don't you don't have to humor me you don't have to pretend it's fine the the audience agrees with me (laughs) for the record 
Actually, send us an email. Do you guys like hey. those video montages? I know most of you are not on iOS 15 beta, but I'm sure you've seen versions of this. Do you like it, and are you excited about iOS 15 version? Do you agree with me? Do you support me in my love of video montages? Or are you a hater like Donna? <laughs> Podcast at iPhoneLife.com. <laughs> a heartless yeah. hater. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious to hear all of your answers to this. So no, what's your complaint? Oh, I talked a lot. You do yours and oh. I'll come back. So I've talked in the past about Safari tab groups and it was more like a theoretical, like I'm glad that it's there. But I actually this week went through the trouble of um, setting up some tab groups on my MacBook, which I'm also running the the beta on. And so I have macOS Monterey on my MacBook Air and I have the iOS 15 beta on my iPhone. And so they sync across because, of course, because they're uh, both logged in with my same Apple ID. And I, I'm really liking it because on my MacBook Air, I've decided to not up, set up separate users. Um, in the past, I've done that sometimes so that I have like my workstation and then my personal station for when I'm using my MacBook outside of work hours. Um, but this makes it so that it's easy to kind of ha artificially have that set up. In the past, I've always just closed out tabs as soon as I'm done looking at them so that I don't have a million tabs open because uh, that I don't I don't like the whole having too many tabs open yeah, thing. Yeah, me neither. But this lets you maintain things you were looking at. Like, let's say for me lately, I've been searching for some different sort of home stuff at night and I don't want to lose track of all of that. So I created a tab group for like home shopping and uh that way I can like have that still preserved there for when I want to, you know, online shop at night. <laughs> and then I have my iPhone life tab group that I can go to during the day. And now that I, I've just set up a few basic ones, then I also set up some, a couple other tab groups uh, for work. I think eventually I'll probably have a bunch of different tab groups depending on the projects I'm mm -hmm. working on. And it even is nice in that it allowed me to um, be signed in on one Google drive account in one tab group and in a different one in a different one and that's something that i've found to be like a little bit of an annoying thing um that when i'm i, oh, yeah, I have that is a, cool yeah i use a different gmail address for my google drive for like a my personal podcast that i work on and so i'm always having to log in and out of things but i can have my personal podcast tab group and then i have my iphone life tab group and i can be in my different account logged into different that's accounts cool. across them so yeah, I, I recommend it. And there's something very satisfying about then getting onto your iPhone and opening Safari and being able to quickly like navigate to that tab group and see everything that you had open on your, on your Mac. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, we were talking about this before the podcast. I haven't done tab groups yet because like I said, I haven't done the beta for the Mac and on my phone, I just don't use Safari in that way where I'm like, oh, I'm at work. I'm going to queue up all my Safari tabs at, on my phone. Um, but I am excited about it for when I do load uh, the new Mac OS because, yeah, I think there's a lot of times where I'll have to load a bunch of different tabs at the same time if I'm working on different projects. And so having those preloaded, work versus home, things like that, got out my home shopping tabs. <laughs> just, just kidding. Labor Day sales. Labor Day sales tabs, you know, you know. <laughs> my video montage tabs. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. All right, you ready for my complaint? Yeah. I kind of hate the changes they made to Apple Maps. Oh, really? I'm st the, uh, there's a couple of things in particular that I'm struggling with. The first one is that, I don't know, have you had this problem? I feel like I have like 
a bad version of iOS 15 because nobody else seems to be having these problems. Apple Maps voice is way too loud. Oh, no, I do have this. It, like, screams, it screams at me. At me. Like, it's like, I, get in the other lane. And I'm like, okay, Apple. <laughs> like, I'm playing okay, music Siri. in my car with Apple Maps going, and the music's at a normal volume, and then suddenly my Apple Maps will come, like, yeah. screaming in to tell me to turn. Yeah. <laughs> my poor wife, we were driving home from Minneapolis, and she was asleep in the car, and I didn't know where I was going, so I had to keep it on, and it just kept screaming at us <laughs> and waking her up. <laughs> and there, it used to be that they had a setting where you could have, like, quiet, normal, loud Siri. They got rid of it. Now it's only loud Siri. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. I didn't look into it. Like it was annoying, but apparently not annoying enough that I tried to change it. Yeah, you didn't have a wife who was yelling at you because she was asleep yeah. in, <laughs> in shotgun. Um, and they have, it used to be that like a lot of times if I'm driving, I'll, I'll have GPS on. And then at a certain point, I'm close enough to home where I'd want to stop the turn by turn directions. It, but I still want Apple Maps on just so I can see it. I know how far home, from home I am. And it used to be that you just tap on the little like rectangle and it will, it'll leave Apple Maps on but turn off the voice. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So now they've changed it. It's still an option available, but it's like it's more hidden. It's several taps because you tap on it and it gives you like three options. Option one is Siri yells at you. Option two is Siri stops talking to you. And then option three is that it'll tell you if there's car accidents ahead, but not nothing else. But they don't give you good visual cues of which is which. So on the same road trip, I tried to get it to stop talking to me. And instead, I accidentally put it on... Actually, no, I tried to get it to talk to me. And instead, I accidentally put it on only give me tell me about car accidents ahead and then i got really lost because i thought uh, siri was talking to me and she wasn't oh no and there were no car accidents ahead so siri just never talked to me uh. and it's just this like what used to be a really nice user experience now has turned into really obnoxious and i don't know if it's just because i'm using carplay and it'd be better if i wasn't but it's on carplay in particular apple maps has gotten way worse in my opinion i really hope they stop siri from yelling at me in the car <laughs> <laughs> i hope so too david thanks i appreciate that all right let's do a quick apps and gear because we've we're got running a we're running we a little it? late let's okay. save it for next time i have a good app for you you'll have to hear about it in a couple weeks stay tuned stay tuned Ooh. thank you all and make sure to go to iphonelife.com to follow our rumors and live coverage of the apple event that we're expecting september 14th and of course tune into the podcast to hear david and i unpack everything from the announcement for you also, make sure to share this podcast with your friends. If you're enjoying it and you like the work we're doing, please spread the word for us. We really appreciate it. And this is a great episode because not only do people want to hear about rumors, but also do your friends and family a favor and warn them that they should not be buying iPhones right now. I cannot tell you how many people try to buy iPhones in August and I have to like talk them off the ledge. I so know. be a good advocate. Talk them off the ledge. Wait till the new iPhones come out. Because <laughs> even if they don't want the newest, latest, and greatest, they'll get better deals on the yeah, older ones exactly. if they wait. All right. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>